A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, but joined by Richardson. Hi, welcome back, Scott. Thank you very much. I'm back. back from the States. I'm Benjamin Richardson. Hello, also welcome back. Thank you very much. Now, yes, this is my first podcast in a couple of weeks, so if my speaking or any part of my knowledge is all over the place, blame you, the jet lag. You're never really away from it, man. No, oh God. You're going to say you never really knew what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that makes I mean, just that, as much sense. That too. Yes, but uh, yeah, so uh, basically uh, a few hours before you were set to record uh, this daily podcast, the whole thing happened with the Switch Lite uh, and the, the new sort of Switch model, which is an all-in-one handheld thing. Um, and it just started making me uh, think more about the idea that if you just give it a bit of time, chances are you'll come out with a better console down the road. I don't necessarily think that this applies to the Switch, but in the gaming industry overall, if you just wait a little bit, you'll be better off. Games get patched, they get different editions, you get Game of the Year editions, etc., etc. Um, so, bringing about the conversation of how much do we want to buy in on day one? How much do we put value in that exclusivity? And sometimes we refer to it as being part of the conversation. Um, and it is this sort of nebulous idea of like, oh, I want to be in there, I want to you know, be, be part of that conversation. Obviously, it's essential to run a gaming channel, yeah. but um, there's a difference between what we cover for review and what we want to get in on outside of that so i guess i want to open it up by just saying um do you guys tend to buy stuff day one if there's a lot of hype around it it does it sometimes pushes me to buy i had mm-hmm. that with red dead 2 i said it on chat a while ago that i got very hyped for this game that i'd never <laughs> never touched the series before in my life and right. i still got it like i think it was day one or a couple of days after it launched so i jumped on it pretty quickly and i regret buying it. I was gonna say, how far did you get not very it's a bloody good tutorial though, wasn't it it's a you bloody long tutorial men. yeah like um, I got so far with it and I just sort of fell off. It's one of those games I will go back to eventually. The one day I'll get that itch that you just think, oh, I just need to play this game. Mm. I'll go back to it. I'll reinstall it because I have to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> All 100 gigs of it. But yeah, day one games are usually only for stuff that I'm really excited for. I said that this year I wanted to push myself to play more games that I wouldn't normally play. Mm-hmm. So usually that would kind of mean I'd have to purchase it day one or else I just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either I will not get it at all or just worry about it later on or if I'm kind of interested and probably would play it I have to get it on day one to right. force my my, my myself my mind to actually go yes you want to play this you want to at least <laughs> try it if I give it a day I'll uh, just not bother right but I think you're the complete opposite uh, I have absolutely no interest in games on day one and <laughs> there's a few reasons why I've already sort of like defined myself as a hipster on this uh, podcast before which is not the reason it's more to do with my Yorkshire roots right where I couldn't think I was going <laughs> to say a hipster reference I couldn't think of anything what are you on tagged you on bing I couldn't think of anything there. <laughs> you on bing <laughs> you got a bing account <laughs> I mean that's, that is actually kind of hipster using bing instead of google that's what I'm so, thinking you know he was right yeah. anyway no, I was no, just trying to I'm not in, not a hipster in, in, in a sense that would make my life impossible but no. yeah being from Yorkshire like I say it's uh, they're all hip down uh, there it's not that we're all really stingy so we I don't like I don't see the point in paying so much for a game when it's just come out when I know at some point down the line it's going to be cheap right. and I'm going to mm-hmm. enjoy it just as much because mm-hmm. I have no particular interest or like 
or like care about being part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. For me, sometimes that volume can actually decrease my interest when everybody's sharing the same opinions and it can sometimes be a little bit overbearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've also, in, as years have gone by, I've developed like a huge degree of patience. Right. And I know that if I wait for something long enough when I eventually play it, I'm, it's going to be like really cherished and something really special. See, I remember when uh, Breath of the Wild came out, because I'm not either of you guys. I have to buy everything day one. I want to buy all the things. I want to be part of all the conversations. I want to start the conversations and finish them both to myself. I will agree and disagree with myself. You know, and and also, like, like you said before, it's difficult in this role not to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, like that's that's obviously the reality of, of running the channel kind of thing. Or like, you know, all of us together trying to run the channel, trying to cover as much stuff as possible. But, but just, just adding, do you remember when you were a child where you'd only ever used to get a game for your birthday or your Christmas and how yeah, much yeah. you appreciated it and how much you enjoyed it as a consequence? Mm -hmm. I think it's nice to, I almost try and simulate that these days. Oh, well, yeah, I do and love that. Save Just pace yourself. Cash, yeah. mm -hmm. There is something about, one of the things that I adore, I'll get back to the Breath of the Wild thing. One of the things that I love the most is when it gets to Christmas and the uh, release schedule slows right down and you finally get like you know, like a month where you can actually go, I remember what it was like to pick and choose the things I want to play. We, we're, kind of, of we're kind of in that right now. We've got this, we've got this lull yeah, between there is. now and like October. So mm -hmm. we have that time to go back and play. Oh, I don't know if it's stuff. now. There's Ultimate Alliance 3's in a week, Rich. Oh, Mario Maker 2 just came I mean, out. Mario Maker 2 is good, there is bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, when Breath of the Wild came out, I remember when that dropped and I was like, oh my God, like, especially to you, Benji, because you love Zelda. And I was just going, this is the best thing. They've reimagined all these different things. You must play this. I was I was having the conversation. Yeah, and, yet, and yet it was eight months before. I was going to say, you waited ages before you picked it up. Whereas I couldn't have exercised that much patience. Um, I would have just, I would have needed to know what the deal was. Like, I'll go and see a movie just to get in on whatever the spoiler is. But my version ramped up like exponentially as a consequence of when. Mm. And I think that, that made it better. Well, I mean, I'm getting a um, Nintendo 64 for my so 30th. That's 22 years you've been waiting. Yeah, this. totally. And it's, and it's not like I was like actively chasing after it, but I'm finally going to play Mario 64 in a longer chunk of time than just a few minutes at a friend's house, which to you might actually be insane because I should have got that <laughs> yeah, many years in, in, ago. In 2019, that's definitely a little <laughs> bit too long. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Speaking wait Speaking of things in 2019, have you seen the new D-pad on the Switch? Yeah. Let's get very psyched for a deep. No, I there's a new one. Just mention this this hey. hardware that was we started at. I, it's it's not designed to supplant the switch. No. no. So I actually don't think people who've adopted the switch early are losing out. No. Right. Oh, oh no, I love the way that yeah. they've posited it. Basically, this is just the means of uh, opening the door to people who want to play Pokemon but don't want to have the two hundred and eighty quid minimum <laughs> price tag. It's actually, entry. it's actually like the opposite of what the industry tends to do, where they tend to release upgraded versions, more expensive mm. like the PS. Uh, for Pro and what have you but it's actually nice to give people of lesser means an opportunity yeah, yeah. to get I mean, into it Nintendo did this before with the 2DS yeah. because like I, I would, there's a part of me that kind of really wants the 3DS to go and play a couple of 3DS games really that I haven't played I've, I've still got my DSi and I love it to bits mm -hmm. but um, the 2DS for me that's that's my kind of thing because I don't care about the 3D stuff mm -hmm. and obviously there is there is obviously the accessibility thing of it and that's basically what they're doing again and I really well, respect Nintendo for that because I never looked at yeah, it that way they're the anomaly yeah. the yeah. industry's created this weird uh, uh, situation where and if, if a console doesn't cost a certain level it's seen as cheap mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. powerful enough and not worth it which is completely the direct opposite of what the industry was built on mm -hmm. like Jack Tremel of Commodore back in in the 80s he, he released the Commodore the, uh, VIC and said he wanted to make a computer with the masses not the right. classes the whole point was to try and get as many people involved as possible mm -hmm. yeah and that well, that's something that Nintendo have completely proven this gen. Like, yeah, I mean, they overtook the Xbox One sales. It's something you used to be quite committed to as well. Mm -hmm. 
But I mean, I like that approach. Like, you know, like, yeah, you make a system like the Switch that anyone can get hands on. Um, like I said, they they feel like the anomaly. They sort of, they've managed to find a way of introducing a new console to the market that doesn't usurp their main thing, um, which is kind of the opposite of what happened with the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X, where they're out there going, this is the most powerful thing. And if we'd only waited, you could have put your money towards that instead. Yeah. Um, which if you apply that model to video games, like I can't think of, hardly think of any releases this generation that didn't benefit from just waiting. Um, something like even The Witcher 3, like received a yeah. absolute ton of patches um, and was it was you know way better. Well, they redesigned the hood and everything. Um, a really good example, Final Fantasy 15, which is mm. now literally a different game. I was going to say like that chapter 13 was a yeah. complete mess. So if, if I ever get around to actually finishing it, <laughs> I'll have a completely different opinion to you. Which is the thing because then I fin- I finished the regular one because I, I, I don't think I did the review or not, but I, I finished the the regular um, one. Do you think you'd have any in, in, inclination to go back and? It depends how much they have changed because uh, chapter 13 was one of the worst things I've ever played. Um, just absolutely horrific. You can tell it was unfinished and they gutted it for a reason. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, if you just give it a bit of time, like, then how does that affect what we view as the definitive version of that game? Yeah. Because something like No Man's Sky has completely changed again. Um, but yeah, I was going to say before, because you were mentioning about when you view the industry as a child, do you think that your um, approach to the industry has changed since you were a child? Like, because for me, it's like the industry, I don't know, it, it can be this big glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, all these collectibles, all these pre-order bonuses and exclusive access and stuff. I think they've ramped that stuff up this generation. But do you think you've changed in terms of how you approach it? Back in my back in my childhood, I was so passive with the gaming industry. <laughs> it's why I haven't played so many like those integral childhood mm. games. It's why I went and played Spyro and Twitch. It's Have why you I got Final Fantasy yet. Rich? No, I haven't played you Final really Fantasy. Play it. I just I was happy with the games I had, and I never went out of my way to try and find new stuff. Mm. I just wasn't I wasn't in the loop. So the fact the fact I'm doing this is you my have job the control now. back so, then that Benji has now. Well, the indus- yeah, the indus- when you're a child, the industry moves a lot slower. Well, exactly, yeah. Because you don't have the um, the agency to actually yeah. Yeah. Income, just game yourself. Yeah. So I was speaking to someone in the office early about uh, Sonic 3, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was surprised to learn it came out as early as 1993 because he played it in 1996. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you did as a kid. You, yeah. You, Wait, Sonic 3 was 93? Yeah. Crikey. And Sonic thought, and Knuckles 94. <laughs> You're always older than My you think you God. are. But it's I mean, yeah, something, something, yeah, something like that. That's a, that's a hell of a... Because that's the thing. I mean, like you said, you, you sort of prioritise one release a year, even mm. though... Because it made me think that, oh, games just came out less frequently back then. But they didn't. It was just that you sort of prioritise which ones you're going to pick yeah. and choose, um, which is not well, the mentality we, we, that... We also didn't have a day-to-day wall of gaming news. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And hype machine. We had well, magazines exactly. once a month mm-hmm. or whatever you saw in the shop. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like even as, as a kid watching TV, the, the TV I used to watch, I don't even remember ever seeing adverts for games oh, it was ex- as a kid. Extremely rare. rare. It was, so. it was Always like some crap by character, the part like, yeah, yeah. play sets and things. It was never actually True. a video game I got. I ever saw advertised. Mm-hmm. So our, our, listeners, our listeners in the UK will probably, some of them will have very fond memories of things like Games Master, television, the big like, floating head. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a program on a Sunday on Channel 4, something like it was like a 15 minute show called Movies, Games, and Videos. Okay. So you'd get like a 30 second glimpse of a game on television, mm. and right. that was really exciting. That's kind of like a wider societal shift. Like, I remember, um, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I forget where. It was on some video that we've done. Um, but I once watched an interview when Dan Cook was on David Letterman um, back in like 2006 or seven. Um, and Letterman was just asking him, Hey, what are you up to? You're in between filming things and whatever. And he was like, Oh, you know, I'm just hanging out. I'm hanging out with my friends, playing some Call of Duty, you know. When he went on to the next point, and it was one of the first times I'd ever heard any celebrity just nonchalantly drop in that they were playing a video game and that it was okay to play it a video was, game. So it was always cool when anything 
in the mainstream media when you were a kid had anything to do with video games. Right. It was always precisely. just jumping yeah. on it straight away. And it's, it's why they could like market anything to do with video games back then because people just gobbled it up because it was such a novelty yeah, yeah. back then. So it's like, well, how much is that? The kind of that reflects like the conversation. We've re- we refer to that exclusivity window as the conversation. Back in the day, it was an underground conversation between very specific people who were chasing specific products. But yeah. now the conversation is everywhere and is the mainstream, which I think that that's what they're cashing in on. Um, and it's like, you know, it does benefit you to be a more learned consumer and take your time with it kind of thing. Um, I guess in talking about pre-order culture as well, have you guys pre-ordered anything? Or when was the last time you did pre-order? I actually, I pre-ordered Persona 5. You um, sickened me, sir. No, yeah. that's not true. Sim- <laughs> simply, simply because I was bargaining on, on, on it being quite difficult to get hold of mm. in this country. Oh, you're trying to get a physical version? A physical, yeah, mm. physical copy, because yeah. I knew the um, previous Persona 4 was oh, relatively God, difficult yeah. to get hold of, and Persona 3, absolutely impossible. Uh-huh. So I just thought, you know, I don't want to take my chances. So what, that was you That's like breaking enough. your day one rule to potentially get it straight away yeah, and pay well, the most money for it. Yeah, but but it actually, because it was also a PS3 game, it wasn't particularly expensive. I think it was £35. Mm. And it hasn't really dropped in price either. Was mm. it five on PS3 and PS4? Yes, it was. My just a big old schmuck I don't know, on I PS4? Don't, it came out on PS3. I don't know if it was in this country. Ah. But it is a PS3 game. Yeah, I was going to say it looks a little bit like a yeah. PS3 game. Uh, Rich, what about you for pre-order stuff? So, I mean, the last thing I pre-ordered was actually Gato Roboto. Okay. And that was because I got it cheaper yep. because they had a pre-order bonus this sale. Is, this is a, this is that's, a, that's an indie game. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, this is a downloadable game as well. Yeah. What's yeah. downloadable? Well, I, don't I think honestly, the, you pre-load it. the last physical game I think I pre-ordered was Black Ops 1. I was waiting. I was thinking of uh, the first time I ever bought anything off Amazon was pre-ordering the hardened edition. Is that the one, one with the night goggles? Night no, goggles. that was that, that was the that was the middle edition. It was like right. sixty quid back mm-hmm. in the day, and it had a it had like a case with a little medal in it. And I found it when right. I moved house. I'm so happy. I've still got it. <laughs> before before uh, Persona Five, the last game I pre-ordered was in two thousand, mm-hmm. which was Pokemon Silver. Wow, nice. I pre-ordered it from Toys R Us, and I got a small. Uh, Nine piece jigsaw with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think because I've done a, a couple of um, of pre orders, but mainly obviously digital games. Like the last um, Black Ops Four and World War Two, I pre ordered both of them so I could get the pre download because that's the only way you could yeah, well, you see, oh, yeah. get the pre download if you just bought it. Mm-hmm. Then it's you would interesting have to that you wait. say that because mm-hmm. when I'm, I was ask, asking why you'd need to pre order Gatorabota. Because it's re- digital, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. The reason why we used to pre order is just so you can guarantee a copy. Yep. Yeah. So now we have to in- we actually incentivize pre orders in a different way so it actually yeah. means something different to I mean that was the thing with Gato it was just it was like it's like seven ninety nine, and I got it for like six fifty, and I was like mm-hmm. yeah £1.50 that's a sale for me yeah, and, and, um, and yeah like the pre-download for it I think the next thing I'm going to pre-order physically is I'm going to splash and get the helmet edition of Doom Eternal because, <laughs> because why not with a full size the, full, the thing is helmet. I had to double check this because of how much it costs I thought this helmet's going to do something it's literally a helmet oh it's literally a helmet no lights no sounds nothing it's just <laughs> can you wear it yeah <laughs> unlike the Halo 3 helmet you can actually I wear can it actually wear this I'm like such an idiot but I'm, well I get, I get the Doom soundtrack on a cassette which can you play that on anything yes <laughs> cassette players yeah but, who even has a, yeah, yeah but who has a cassette player now are you going to buy an old Sony Walkman if, knowing if, you if, you've if, probably got one it'd be, cheaper, it'd be cheaper to buy a second hand car or a scrap yeah, <laughs> with, a, with a tape cassette player yeah, yeah. Genuinely. That's, I mean, that's the next thing I'm going to pre-order but I'm, I'm pre-ordering it because I want that stupid 
thing. Like, yes. There's the number of times I feel like I've missed out on stupid things. Right, okay, so let's, let's put pre-order. a pin in stupid things. So I want to get yeah. back to that. Um, but just for, for pre-order stuff, I think my last one was like was San Andreas, uh, GTA wow. San Andreas 2004. Um, I mean, I the thing is, like, I will I will preload, and I'm going to make a distinction between preloading a digital game just so I can get access to it at midnight so I can play it for the hashtag content. But that's different. <laughs> um, I sleep at midnight. <laughs> I do. Oh, you sleep at 3 a.m. It's fine. But um, the, the other times, like, if you're going to pre-order something uh, physically, it is for the stupid thing. Yeah. Um, which that was another point I had down here was how much do we how much value do we put in those those collectibles those things that we get with um, pre order bonuses and have you ever do you you know do you put one on your mantelpiece do you actually take pride in things For like me, that For me, like this 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 eternal Barb the Harden Edition Black Ops One will be the first proper stupid special edition <laughs> I've ever bought, right? And I want it. For the sake of having it, mm-hmm. to have it Let on me, my how, shelf. How much mm-hmm. will that set you back? Two hundred quid. Two hundred pounds. So you could you could buy. I bought a Geralt statue for two hundred. Okay, you can buy a PS. You can buy a PS4. Switch light. You can buy a Switch light. You could buy a Switch <laughs> light for that. Colors. It's ridiculous, yeah. But it's it's I don't know because like so worth it though. like yeah it will be so worth it because like I, like I want I kind of wanted to get the Sonic Mania special edition mm-hmm. as much as that thing is I, proper yeah, tax. Born where he's standing with the he's ring. On, he's on the yeah. he's on the mega, he's stood on a Mega Drive replica. Yeah, it's it's proper cheap plastic tat. That it went down in price and it went down to about thirty five quid and I managed to just about miss getting it really cheap because now they're not selling it anymore. Uh, Damn. Uh, I wanted to get the Juggernaug fridge from Black Ops 3. That's good. another thing I wish I just I just got. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm doing with this. I feel like if I don't get this, this is the one special edition I look at and think, yeah. It is it is Go on, nuts. why not? It is ridiculous when you think about the fact that, you know, grown people seem to look at this stuff that we know is tart. We're it fully is, aware it's that it's tart. I think, I think once we start having tiered versions of games of different editions, on, mm-hmm. that's, that's when I really started to lose interest in, like, day one purchases. Right, yeah. Because I thought, like, even if I do, I'm not getting the real version of, yeah. like, what do I go for? And, like, it's, it just felt so cynical. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's funny because it's actually around about this time where I'm actually about to break my own rule on that as well because mm-hmm. two games haven't been coming out later this year, which... You're going to you're gonna break all your rules for Shenmue 3. Yeah. Because that's your it's life. It's got a £70 collector's edition, which has a lamp. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, the thing. that's the thing with me. Like, I'll only get it if it's something that I know for a fact I want. I won't right. just get it for the sake of getting it. Mm-hmm. Like... I will only like I wanted the Doom Eternal to have a collector's I, edition that was going to be something I would want. I right. actually, yeah, I actually have done it a few times for the same reason, and in each case, it cost the same price as a regular game. Right. So yeah. I got a Tales of Monkey Island collector's edition, which was in a little treasure chest with a cloth map, nice, and a, and a cloth maps mat. are better than real maps. To be yeah. Honest. Yep. <laughs> I got a special edition of Heavy Rain. With a little paper, the little origami. Yep. Yeah, I got that. And was it actually of, paper or was it made out? No, of it was, it was just so good, right? Yeah. Have, just, I've, got, I've got to outline this because this is so <laughs> genius. That game took forever to install. So yeah. they give you a little origami, uh, it was like a little bird, like a crane, yeah. Um, yeah. and they, they give you instructions on how to fold it when the game's installing. Brilliant. <laughs> Do that for every single game because they take forever to install. Imagine giving you a bloody colouring book. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. But, but, to do. The box was embossed with uh, rain droplets as well. Yeah. It was really nice. And the other one was I bought a special edition of uh, Dreamfall. Right. Which came... The longest journey. Yeah, but that was really good value because it was a copy of Dreamfall, a copy of its predecessor, The Longest Journey, and an art book. It's like that with Sonic Mania when mm-hmm. they released the physical edition of that that came with the reversible sleeve and the, the really nice um, the little the cardboard sleeve it came it was all lenticular and lovely and it had yeah. the art book like that was the same price as buying it normally mm-hmm. and I'm yeah, like yeah. Some, some of these things actually do have value yeah. like they are worth <laughs> it but a lot of it is just stuff for the sake of saying you've got the stuff well okay so yeah. that, that ties back into that idea of like if you're the you're the publishing wing of the company you're trying to put something together for the day one people like where mm-hmm. do we draw the line between like which things are worthwhile and which things we hold up it tends to be the smaller things that are more cherished like the art books as yeah. opposed to although I guess in your case it'll be the giant Doom helmet the giant Doom helmet but for me I've got like the old school Halo 3 the, yeah, the steel book edition that I still have on my shelf and things like that yeah. but trying to find the difference between the two is, um, is sometimes it always, it always differs though between things because obviously production 
in those special editions is really like it's so varied across mm. the board cough cough fallout 76 yes which was a complete and absurd would you like a trash bag plus the truck i mean the <laughs> yeah. helmet was good yes the, true the we've got a thing with helmets right could now could you wear that helmet yes get in voice changing and with a lamp that's why i was checking to see if the doom helmet did anything and it's like why would it be voice changing it doesn't speak anyway we might have to do the best helmets in gaming history we should do we've it. got three we of them do now. a stream all wearing helmets <laughs> and um, never acknowledge it but yeah. then it's like then you look at something like say the rc we unbox the sekiro special edition mm. and that statue is fantastic yeah it's a proper really detailed proper statue made out of actual stuff yeah and then you look at something like as an example world war ii where they release that like um that's like a diorama of the soldiers like running through with the big spiky things oh, on the yeah. beach and it was literally just like formed plastic and mm-hmm. it was like 80 quid i find it tasteless. ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Right. See, in those cases, it just feels like they've gone, okay, what can we put together? Let's just pick and punch It's usually just like we need to, we want to make more money, so let's Mm -hmm. produce five or six bits of... I think if, if it's if it's a sellable it's a gimmick, box. something mm-hmm. like, for example, the Doom helmet, which is like the Doom Slayer helmet, is iconic in yeah. itself within the industry. That something like that is fair enough. Something like a statue, like the Cyberpunk Special Edition, mm. is coming with that really nice motorbike statue. That's the kind of that's the kind of special edition I could also get behind. Mm-hmm. But then when you have like the Call of Duty one, that's just like here, have this. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, something like the um, that's it. The Cyberpunk one is a hell of an example because when something like that comes out, like I tend to have. I don't know if you guys have this feeling too, but if you're looking forward to a game and they announce what the new the pre-order version is going to be, and it's this big over the top extravagant thing and they, they put out the standards you know that sort of like landscape looking shot with like all the bits of merch and part of me just goes I want to throw as much money at this as absolutely possible I yep. love this developer I will buy the most ridiculous thing knowing uh, yeah, that no, 70% I, of it is tapped part of me resents it Right, because I look at it and think I want that, but I don't want to pay the money for it. <laughs> See, like, that's the thing. That's about right. being like a learned consumer in the gaming industry. Yeah. I am learned, but I choose to buy the crap. 
I don't need it. I don't have enough room. For that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my thing. I don't know where I'm going to put this helmet yet. That is also another thing. If you pop into every one of these, wear it. For, I can for see the rest you just your little face with the visor up, just when I come in, just <laughs> sitting there, like, squashed inside, like, oh, like this, this is like the best thing. Mr. Commander Keen sitting at his, uh, his oh, computer. Oh, don't ruin Commander Keen. Got like got like Shenmue. On you with my, your on, on my on my. Do you get a plaster for your face? And a, and a jacket. You, you know what you should. You actually. Do you get in a cat in a box? You don't get any of these things. Do you, get, How not, do you get a whole forklift? I was, that's what I was going to say. No. Shame. A tiny chicken. They, to that's race. what they should do. They you should give some, you a remote control forklift. <laughs> you get some patches. Oh, they're iconic. Yeah. Yeah. You get a, la- a lamp, and like I said, I think you get a replica of the dragon and phoenix mirror. Better. Okay. That's better. And it's bit of a beautiful red box, but I get all that. What am I going to do? I'm be just lined up on my. My toilet cistern or something. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Just that one toilet in the haven't you? Yeah. yeah, my toilet's broke. It's been yeah. causing me a lot of stress. So. He's been on about it all day, he has. But um, yeah, I mean, something like Shenmue. They, what, do you raise chickens in that, don't you? It's been a long time since I've no, played raised ducks. Raised ducks. They could have released four little, wind, it, yeah. four little wind-up ducks, and we could have, we could have <laughs> raised ducks. Or do backflips every so often. Yeah, like the ones in Friends. Um, I've also got down here um, the idea of early access, because it all ties in together with that assumption that you will cough up the most money at the earliest possible point in release, um, which is the thing that they, that's the manufactured message, that the, the, the most valuable points to the gaming industry in general is how much money can you make in that initial launch window which tends to only be about a couple of weeks um things like fallout 76 or anthem immediately went on sale that following weekend in anthem's case um but something like early access i I think i think we'll probably be in agreement on it but do you ever see any value in those things where they go hey if you pay more you can play two days early or four days early or something like that if anything it's more detrimental because pretty Mm -hmm. much every single case we've seen saying hey if you've got this basically ea access you get it early and you get Week, the most broken version. The most broken version yeah. of it. So the initial reports of it are really, really negative. That's what killed Mass Effect Andromeda. It's what killed Anthem. Yeah. Well, well, one of the many contributing factors that killed <laughs> Anthem. But like that first initial version was trash. And yeah. like, oh, we've got another update rolling out for the full release. It's like, well, that should have been then. Totally. Not like later on. Yeah, yeah. Same I don't, thing. I don't understand what the big rush is. That's what I was going to say. Like, how many part, hashtag content? Is this down of a culture of, of entitlement, of culture of consumption that we have mm. today, like immediate consumption, where people just have to have things as soon as possible? They can't possibly wait next week. It's mm-hmm. the same situation that results in games being released far too early, or people complaining when there's delays. Mm. I don't I necessarily. Don't, put, I just don't get. Well, yeah, yeah, true. I mean, there is like we do have instant access culture. We have apps. We have instant access to everything. So, but so, I, so pay more to get it even quicker. Yeah, I mean, but that's, the, the, the equivalent is for like the priority boarding queue uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in AirPods, which just makes no sort of sense. Like, <laughs> please, please, can I pay to going wait on a? Can I sit down earlier? before you? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to I sit always down go in, room. in a comply with me when they're like, "Oh, would you like to pay ten pounds for a boarding pa- for an early boarding pass?" Yes, we sold every- we sold one to everyone on this flight <laughs> so far. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of that thing, I wouldn't necessarily put the blame if it is blame like on, on behalf of the consumer. I think it's on behalf of the publishers, the, the but, 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 adverts, that idea of like you know you clearly, need this new game. Clearly, people are paying for it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What they managed to do profit it. is. Mm-hmm. As the gaming industry does, they've managed to monetize something that you would never think they'd be able to monetize. Mm-hmm. And they've managed to turn that one lucky sod who pre-ordered a game physically and got it <laughs> one day early just because of the shipping. They've managed to monetize right. it. Yeah. Like one of my friends on my Discord got Crash Team Racing a day early and I messaged and you. I, I couldn't you believe livid. that. You were livid. Not even the official person livid. sent this in. And you know who you are. Well, you know, she Mr. had a Activision. copy of it a day early. Yeah. Horrific. They've you just monetized maybe, it. Maybe I do understand this because I actually got a copy of Final Fantasy IX, a Japanese copy, Ooh. months before it came out in the UK. Nice. That's uh, cool. It was very, very difficult to play. I had no <laughs> yeah. idea what was happening. Still don't know the story to this day, but it was really yeah, good. Yeah, but like, it, it felt like I was peering into a 
like a secret world <laughs> for a few months. Uh-huh. I mean, well, I remember when I worked in retail, I used to work at GameStation, RIP, and uh, they let me play. Well, I, get to, I got to buy Assassin's Creed 2 like three days early, and that was back when Assassin's Creed was on top of the world. Yeah. So it was like, oh my God, I get to see the next installment in this franchise. Um, but that's the thing. Like, it's all about, it, they do obviously put so much stock in the publishing window, in the, um, the adverts and everything. It's like, this is the next best thing. You need this thing in your life. And like, I think as I was younger, I, I mean, like, like I said, I still play everything now, but I was way more wide eyed about it when I was younger. It was just like, I need this next thing. Um, and that's where most of the sales seem to come from. I think you and I being of a similar age, mm. there was more next big things around. Yeah. There's more innovations coming, more like huge leaps. Ooh, VR. Well, do, I I do you want motion controls? I can't use VR. Have you played Dr. Mario on your phone? Uh, no, <laughs> I, can't, I can't use VR, my phone's smashed. But um, <laughs> like when Ocarina of Time came out, you had to have it. When Mario 64 before that came out, mm. you had to have it. Like because these were big, like I said, big leaps. Right. Something that like was changing. So now I sort of feel like we're in this slight holding pattern where it's all good games, but nothing that you'd need to experience straight away. Yeah, it's very rare. That, I mean, that's the thing. Like something like uh, Mario 64, look at the camera controls in Ocarina. You're never going to get, this is the first time we're using 3D space again, or it's going to take yeah, so, something so very that's, special. That's, that's why if you wait two years on Mario 64, by the time, maybe, or maybe say four years, if, by, if, if you're waiting until 2000 to play, everything else is already mm. replaced it. And yeah. you may have dated it even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that is that's the thing though. Is it is that through wide-eyed nostalgia or wide-eyed, you know, when you're younger, or is that just the case of the industry now knowing exactly who it's playing to in terms of the audiences are just way bigger and they know what to, they know, they, you, you see which sort of games are going to sell initially. Even Anthem still sold pretty well, even though it was pretty damn broken. But like I, was, like I said, that conversation is in the mainstream and they know how to appeal to that demographic. It just is the case that the industry is bigger now. Or do we just think that it was, the industry slowed down a bit? I, I, I don't, know, I don't know if it's slowed down so much as become like more efficient. Mm. It's become this machine more efficient with very specific genre types. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah. In a good way or a bad way, I guess. In terms of the, um, I guess that's the thing. They can sell something. You know, it's something that has a very specific genre. They know exactly how to advertise that, and it'll obviously, obviously do very well um, at the beginning of its window or whatever. So the next thing up that I've got down is just that idea of like monthly discounts and stuff. Like we um, we talked before about Steam sales. You said that you bought, I think it was like what three hundred and four games last time. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite fortunate in that my birthday lies directly in the middle of the Steam sale. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit unfortunate in a sense, but as a complete to buy for. Yeah, as a consequence, I ended up getting something like 18 games for £40. Nice. Which was a little excessive, but mm-hmm. it's other, no, people, other, other people's money. <laughs> Not at all for a team. I really, like, you fill up Billy Boots, and um, a lot of this stuff I'd, I wouldn't have bought otherwise had it not been in a sale. Mm-hmm. I tend to put stuff on my wish list and I'm just wait. That, that's mm-hmm. what the whole Steam sale exists for, yeah. is fill your wish list with the stuff that you're not going to buy at full price and mm-hmm. then hope it goes down to a significant amount. And to but be honest, with everything that was in my wish list, I got pretty much all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I, I almost to... wonder sometimes if some games, the price is artificially set. Of a spent hmm. sales somewhere down the line. Someone that like, probably may push more sales, like incredibly increased sales during. Yeah. And it gives them a nice big percentage boost that can show yeah. to their bosses. Like, um, look, 3,000% more copies have sold because no one bought it before. <laughs> Plus, for as much as I was saying before about Nintendo being the outlier, being the anomaly when it came to, you know, introducing a new console and not necessarily usurping their previous one, they are terrible when it comes to price points. Um, oh. The Nintendo tax or the Nintendo price points, they they set an RRP and they pretty much stay with it. And um, like, I'm pretty sure Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is still that's $60. That's a great example. Or £60. I was considering for my birthday. Yeah, I can't. I cannot stomach pain. See, they refuse to knock things Wii, down for a Wii U game as well. Yeah, yeah, they refuse to knock things down. Which, which might, everyone else I, will. I think for your overall conclusion from this podcast is I'm very, very tight. <laughs> <laughs> but they, like, it's just this podcast. Th- yeah, Good. I think mean, there are just there are justifiable points. Like I understand it, it's how it's I, I really want to play Splatoon, but I'm not paying fifty quid for it. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I've heard, but. 
Do you want to get a collectible ink splat? No. <laughs> I, I want to play the game. It's not even like, game related. For like, if it was, if it was, because like on Amazon, that's where the first places they start to drop mm. down, especially physical copies of games. Obviously, mm-hmm. digital stuff is so much, so big. They've got loads of these copies of physical stuff lying around. They just eventually want to pawn it off to you. Mm-hmm. Some Switch games drop like significantly, like like Mario versus Mario and Rabbids. That's Another like, phenomenal that's game. Dirt cheap now physically. Yeah. And I thought I go on Amazon and think, oh, I can see, I could see, you know, eighteen ninety nine Splatoon two. No, it's still fifty. It's like I, uh, I guess it's popularity dictates. And, and annoyingly, when you look at the uh, the eShop, I look at the eShop like every single time I open my Switch just to see what's on offer, and all of it is just it's all the asset flip mobile tap. Yes, that's the only thing they put on sale. Uh, Even going back to the N sixty four range, when Nintendo finally introduced an equivalent of Sony's Platinum mm-hmm. for players' choice. Even they were still thirty pounds. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of the. I remember like. Well, I mean, back when I was a kid, you guys were like twenty at this point. Yeah, uh, no, probably not. Sixty-five. Um, I remember the idea that like a triple A, a, a top tier game was thirty, and then a mid tier game was twenty. That's kind of how I remember. Well, we've discussed this mm. on another pod where we don't have that mid tier anymore. Really. Yeah, yeah, and especially with digital. You just uh, get top, up, you get so top up, but you get top, middle, and indie. You yeah, indie stuff that's like less than ten or ten to fifteen. You've got the stuff that's like because like something like CTR and Spyro, Crash, and Saint Trinity. They were mm-hmm. like thirty-five, then you've just got sixty. Yeah, it seems to be a massive jump. I think it tends to go down to the publisher and I guess how much they think they can get for it. If they can just they can force a different storefront to put it up higher. Um, hence why Nintendo stuff is always sky high, it's, even on I, something I, like that. There's so many times I've regretted buying something on the Switch, like New Super Mario Bros. U, which is why I was really mm. to get Mario Maker 2, because mm-hmm. I really like Mario Maker 2, but I hate Mario <laughs> Bros. U. And I think it's because I spent 50 bloody quid on it. Yeah, there is that. For a digital... Now I got the six, sixty game. pound uh, Donkey Kong thing, um, uh, but I guess that's the overall conclusive sort of point to answer is just that idea of as consumers of the gaming industry, as followers of the gaming industry, are we playing for ourselves? Where we pick and choose what we want to buy, or are we trying to keep up with the industry? For me, it's definitely trying to keep up with the industry. Um, it's definitely trying to play as much as as much as much stuff as possible, um, as early as possible. I'll preload stuff at eleven o'clock that night, knowing I can play it at midnight. If, would you be doing that if you weren't doing this? Uh, I always was so yeah I, because I mainly because I know there's always going to be a forum there's always going to yeah. be something online I just I want to be part of that conversation I'm completely self-aware about it but I do want to I do want to play everything as I said I'll always pick and choose if it's something that I know for a fact I'll be able to contribute on if we're doing the content on something <laughs> I will jump hashtag on content. that hashtag content like with Rage 2 mm. like with Call of Duty like with Doom they're the things I will be jumping on because I know for a fact that's the stuff I will want to be covering mm-hmm. with this job if it's not something I really care about I'll wait. Mm-hmm. If something manages to draw me in, like Red Dead 2, like Sekiro, like uh, Resident Evil 2, which is one of the best games of the year, mm-hmm. I just no, no, no intention of getting that. Because like with Sekiro. And then that dragged me in. Like that kind of stuff, yeah, but if it's, I'm not, I'm not going to go out of my way to play literally everything. If, mm. if I can't think of a, of a release that's coming up that I'd be interested in. Like a lot of stuff that was shown. Fire at, Emblem The Three Houses. Exactly. Something like that. Do not care for it in the Shenmue slightest. Three. So I won't. Or Shenmue 3. <laughs> I will genuinely won't even look uh, at it. You so will. You will. I won't. Make he's going to, yeah, no. he's going to be walking around. <laughs> no. <laughs> running away from him with a tablet. No. Um, I mean, that's the thing. I think I kind of straddle the line between the two. Like I said, I'm very self-aware about it, but I try to keep up with as much stuff as possible whilst remaining self-aware about the business practices that are obviously at hand. You, Benji, you're pretty much, you're as learned and steadfast as you can be. Yeah, I mean, game, games have always been a very personal thing for me. Mm. It's never been about fitting in or talking to people about them. I know, again... Come with, come with me, the cool kids, and we're going to play Call Duty. Yeah, cool kids. I, I know Call Duty Ghost, mate. There's All a, right? I've a, never played Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> there's an obvious and certain obligation to, to keep off air with the situation mm. in this job, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, if I can avoid playing a game until I'm ready to, I will. 
I mean, like you said, like perfectly fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's. I also, I also think if I'm forced to jump in and rush into it and get it over with, so I can have an opinion, it can completely change what that opinion would be. Plus, the game, like that's that's brings it all full circle because the game itself will change. So you've got breath for a while. It's very difficult to race through it, but. Would you have preferred to have, to have had more time to spend with it? Not with that. Um, I thought, no, I, 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 I was lucky enough to get Breath of the Wild very Well, a better example, I remember a few years back at Uncharted 4. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, when, uh, when I managed to, I got Uncharted 4, um, I think it was only a few days before launch, um, and I just, I, did, I, I had enough time to p- prepare the review, but I chose to just live on that thing. I was doing like 14-hour stints on it to try and get through it. Um, and that was, I would still say that that game's back half is just poorly paced, um, because some things, uh, games that I've done in one sitting that are big AAA games, like Gears of War 3 or Breath of the Wild, but you, it becomes, they're immaculate. It becomes like distinctly noticeable when you play it in one big session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in something like the Uncharted 4 case, it, it is that thing where I was just choosing to live on it to the, the, the detriment of the like I don't know my own time with it but I, I would still say that Uncharted 4 has some issues but yeah something like Breath of the Wild like you can just live on it and it's worthwhile regardless of whether you do it day one or you take your time hopefully the quality carries through um, but yeah so let us know what you think down in the comments below hopefully you've learned something or you're debating on whether you should buy on day one or give it until day 100 for now though I've been Scott from Mobculture.com that's not even the ending, is it? That's not the thing at all. God, you, you've been out of it. Oh, like, mate, I'm so game. done. Seven podcasts. Oh. <laughs> Go on, do it. Wanna, Go on, wanna, do it again. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. Just mentioned about waiting. This guy waited, what was it, 18 years to buy a copy of Minish Cap? Um, well, no, I played I play <laughs> on emulation. I had the Mac version, which is really, like, and played how, a bit of it. How much did you pay for it? Oh, I bought the I got the Game Boy Advance version for fifty five dollars. I just really wanted it. Yeah, we didn't even have a case to be honest. I had to go back on eBay. I thought it was going to get a case, and the guy gave me the cartridge and said I haven't got one in stock. And I said I'll still take it because I really want Minish Cap. (laughs) But um, I had to then go on eBay and just search for an empty case of Minish Cap, which I do have now, so I can pretend it's authentic. But only had to wait sixteen years. However long it's been. 14, I think. Yeah, yeah 14. it'll be worthwhile because I waited for it, which is the most important <laughs> thing. But now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Richardson. Thank you for listening. I'm Benjamin Richardson. Thank you. Let us know your favourite helmet. Yes, we'll catch you <laughs> next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, God, the jet lag. <laughs> <laughs>
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.